with the seventh pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Josh Allen. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the miss field goal back. Welcome back to another episode of After the Buzzer, episode 20 here, ready to get rolling, uh, episode 20, like I said, I'm Beck Jackson as your host, uh, Beck, alongside me for this episode is David, David, how are you doing? Glad to be back, another week. Yes, yes it is, uh, and our special guest for this episode, first time on the show, uh, special guest Andrew Burke, Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good today, Jackson, uh, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll get more into, you know, having you on and what we're going to be doing here. Uh, we have a new segment. If you uh, didn't see it on our Instagram post, we have a new segment uh, coming on. We'll get into that also. Uh, like we have said in our previous episodes, we're coming out with merch. Stay tuned on that. That can be found on our website, which is also in the works right now. If you have questions, comments, stuff like that uh, about what we're doing, you know, you want to be on the show, email us at afterthebuzzer22 at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram at afterthebuzzerpod. That's also probably the best way to follow us and follow what we're doing. We post when we have new episodes out, new information, stuff like that on Instagram. We also have recently joined TikTok, which is the same as afterthebuzzerpod. Um, so go give us a follow on TikTok. We'll be posting you know, some of our takes and information on there as well. But let's jump right into the episode. So this is a new segment that we're doing. We're going to be breaking down local sports news. Um, so we're going to start out. Obviously, we have Andrew on. He is a member of the boys JV basketball team. Um, you know, while people can't go to the games right now, we're going to be breaking down what's been happening, bringing on Grand Island athletes. So, Andrew, uh, obviously, we are in a kind of condensed season here where you guys aren't playing a lot. Uh, you're having, you know, I mean, it's a shortened season. Uh, but so far from this team, what have you seen? What's been the biggest strength so far this season? Uh, well, we we have a lot of strength this season, but uh, the biggest one is the depth in our bench because, you know, there's some games where we come out there as starters and we're not locked in immediately, and our coach just makes the decision right away to put a second string in or even a third string because we have uh, a lot of players on the bench this year which is interesting because of what's going on. But once those second string and third string players get out, they are locked in immediately. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's one of our biggest strengths. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, when, when it's been, you haven't been playing and then it was, you know, you're going to be playing later, you know, not everyone's ready right away. So it definitely seems like that would be, be helpful here. Um, so far, I mean, you're five and you're five and four, a winning record. You've played nine games. Uh, uh, who has been the toughest opponent you've seen so far? And who is a team that you think could, you know, could put up a good fight against you guys down the stretch? Oh, boy. Um, the rest of our season, we're playing teams that we've already played so far this season. So uh, the the toughest team we've played so far, though, is Lockport, for sure. Um, they have a couple of kids that are supposed to be playing up on varsity right now, and they've 
I don't know if you want to call it reclassifying to continue playing, but oh, they okay. have stayed down. Yeah, they've stayed down on JV on Lockport to help their team out, and it, they're undefeated so far this season, and we got blown out by them. So uh, we're we are not playing them again this season. So that's a win for us, but uh, Niagara <laughs> Falls as well. We are playing again this season, and though they are definitely the second strongest team in our in the uh, Niagara Frontier League. So, yeah. Well, good luck to you guys against them. Obviously, we hope you guys play well. Um, also, we want to give a shout out to Robert Hennessy, who's a coach of a basketball team um, on YouTube. He streams the live games for people who can't be watching them. Uh, which is, uh, if you can want to watch the basketball games, is Western New York WNY Athletics to watch the varsity games. Uh, just with all the COVID restrictions and all that, when parents and you know friends and all that stuff can't go to the games in person, that's a way to watch them uh, live through YouTube. That is WNY Athletics to watch the varsity Grand Island basketball games. Uh, all right, uh, let's jump into the NFL. Uh, probably the biggest news of the week. Uh, re- just recently, J.J. Watt signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, it was uh, kind of a surprise to people. It kind of came out of nowhere. He, there was you know a couple teams he was considering. Obviously, we've seen Buffalo was a team that was definitely in the mix there. But he ultimately went with Arizona. Um, it is a two-year deal worth $31 million with $23 million guaranteed. Uh, so the question with this is, are the Cardinals now instant Super Bowl contenders after they missed the playoffs entirely last year, after gaining such a great player like J.J. Watt? Uh, Andrew, we'll start with you. What do you think? Uh, I don't believe that uh, signing J.J. Watt makes them an immediate Super Bowl contender because – uh, their defense is still not fully there. They have studs like Buda Baker, uh, and their offense is pretty strong. But I don't think that they'll be a Super Bowl bound team the upcoming season. And I don't think JJ Watts enough to change the state of the Cardinals overall. Yeah, um, that's definitely true. Obviously, we've talked about how he's been getting older. You know, recently uh, he's thirty-one right now. Uh, so maybe maybe the age will have an effect on him. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, de- definitely a lot of truths being spoken there. I I think Watt is. I, I think people are kind of over exaggerating how how good Watt is now compared to how he used to be. He, in my opinion, he's good for about seven games. And then, I, I don't know, he's mediocre the rest. I, don't get me wrong, he's like, he's still, he can make those superstar level plays when you need them, when you need him to. But he's, he's, he's obviously on the decline. He's just, he's at this point, just ch- chasing for a ring. But I, I, I don't think this, this move makes them instant contenders. That doesn't mean they won't be contenders down the stretch. They still need to add some more pieces, can maybe a wide receiver too, maybe build up the running game, build up, build up the defense. But give them a few years. I, they're in a very tough division as well, NFC West or whatever. Uh, they're in the same division as the Seahawks, Rams, all those teams, Niners. But, yeah, like you mentioned, Buda Baker, they got, uh, what's his name, Isaiah Simmons, who was actually really good coming out of the draft but didn't show that much last year. But I think uh, – I think this move this move makes the D line just tons tons better. It's gonna make dif- difficult for O lines to go against, but I don't I don't think they become an instant contender. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go the same route as you guys. I wasn't sure what their problem was last year. I always thought that the Cardinals were much better than they were. Obviously, we talked about them being in a very stacked division, and where um, you know for the 49ers were the last place team. Obviously, they were struck by COVID and injuries and all that stuff. But you know, a year before this season, they were in the Super Bowl. So it obviously is a very strong division, like we said. Um, I I never knew why they weren't the the. The Cardinals weren't good last year. They had the stars, you know, Kyler Murray. They got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, the defense, as we've talked about, seemed good. Uh, they just didn't couldn't find a way to win games, and I don't think that adding Watt will help. Um, I still think they need to find some kind of identity on that defense. Um, Chandler Jones is, is also, you know, a big sack guy. So that'll help. Uh, I mean, him and Watt together will be tough. Uh, but I, I still don't see them Super Bowl contenders in this division. Uh, I'll get more into that. I think I have a bull prediction around uh, based around this, but uh, we'll we'll save that until the end. I, I still don't see them as instant Super Bowl contenders. Now, Russell Wilson has sprung up in the news as of late. Uh, you know, there's talks about his agent trying to see what the organization would do in a trade. So where where do you guys see the seven-time Pro Bowler and Russell Wilson ending up at the start of next season? Burke, what do you think? Well, uh, I think that there's many possibilities for what he could choose to do and what the Seahawks could choose to do with him. But he, overall, he has a great relationship with everyone uh, on the Seahawks, the whole organization. And, um, the, I mean, there is a couple teams that he could possibly go to. The, I heard the Raiders have been rumored, uh, the Bears, mm-hmm. even the Saints. Um, but I think he would most likely stay with the Seahawks for the yeah. upcoming season. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't, you know, gone out there and demanded a trade as we've seen the likes of Deshaun Watson do. Uh, so he's that de- right now. He's definitely you know looking like he's staying with them. But speculation has come up. Dave, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I th- I think he's gonna stay with the Seahawks. I mean, I I think this whole him getting traded to like the Bears or the Raiders thing is just completely ridiculous. I don't think there's any any slight chance that he's gonna get the Seahawks are gonna be dumb enough to actually trade him to to another team. They like why he's he's they he, he just. This thing is kind of just him calling for help. Like, hey, I need more. I need a better offensive line. I need a, a better wide receiver too because they don't, they don't really have one. Tyler Lockett's okay, but he's on the decline like like a bunch of other players like J.J. Watt I mentioned earlier. But I, I think he, it's kind of like a cry for help. He needs, he, he needs to be listened to, and I, I, don't, I, I don't see them, the Seahawks organization in their right minds, actually listening to him and – trading him but instead of improving the things around him yeah I, I agree there i i don't think he's going anywhere he's got a great relationship with the seahawks as we've said he has won a super bowl with them obviously he'd like to get more um he he last year at the beginning of the year he was a mvp contender and then he kind of that kind of tailed off at the end you know there were more interceptions stuff like that um i i really don't see it happening i i, I like the take that you had dave about him just want, trying to get more help. Um, obviously, the Seahawks last year were good enough to win the NFC West. That you know, twelve and four record is nothing to be said about. But overall, I I don't see why they trade him, especially this year, because they're not in a position where they can draft a franchise quarterback uh, in replace of Russell Wilson. If 
he does get traded or if they for some reason do trade him he i mean he is 32 years old so he's getting towards the later stages of his football career but i I don't see it happening this year where he gets traded barring you know a huge falling out with the organization but like i said i don't see that happening anytime soon all right before we go into our other coverage of sports topics for the day we're going to be taking a quick ad break but be sure to stay tuned for more after the buzzer content all right, jumping into NCAA basketball, uh, Michigan moves ahead of former top two mainstay Baylor. Obviously, we talked about Baylor in our previous or a couple episodes ago. Uh, talked about how you know might will they will they be good? Will they not? I think Rizzo had a had a take on Baylor doing something in the tournament, but they lost a game to Kansas. Uh, so they have moved out of the top two. They're right now ranked third. They did have a win in overtime time win today against uh number six ranked west virginia uh but is baylor a team right now that can go out real early you know for a second round of the ncaa tournament or is this a team that's really poised for a long run maybe to the final four uh a championship uh type run what do you see in the is baylor team burke what do you think um yeah so off the bat i'm not a huge NCAA basketball guy. I've I watched them in previous like I've watched uh March Madness in the previous years and stuff like that. But um I've updated myself. So I, I think uh that Baylor is a little overrated and that they're they, they don't have the facilities to go all the way. I think that uh they'll be out early this year. I don't know how early, but I don't know I don't I don't think they have everything to go the distance. Yeah, I mean, we we've seen the last couple after coming off of um, you know, a tw- I think it was a 21 game break from playing basketball due to COVID, you know, uh, stoppings of playing all that stuff. Uh they they had a uh, lost to or a win, a close win against Iowa State, and then obviously lost to Kansas. Now we see the overtime win against uh West Virginia. So they've obviously had some close games as of late. We'll see where that takes us into the tournament. Dave, what do you think? I, I've never been the biggest Baylor guy. It's, it seems like every year in the tournament, they're always one of those teams that just, like, loses in, like, the second, third round or whatever. And, like, they're, they're always – I mean, they're in a stacked division. i got to give them credit for being first in that – one of the toughest divisions in college basketball besides the Big Ten. But with all – yeah, Kansas, West Virginia, Texas. Um, I I think – I just – I don't have faith in them. During during March Madness, it's it's never I've never had faith in them during March Madness in the regular season, sure, but I just I don't think they they will get it done. I I think it's just a perfect a perfect opportunity for a, a small town school to just ups, upset a one or two seed, and Baylor's going to be that team that's going to lose, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going out early. I mean, I think I think that they've been overrated since the beginning. Obviously, we've talked about you know the COVID stuff hitting and all that stuff, which is terrible. I I I never thought they were that good to be a uh, to be that undefeated team in the second in the second seed. Now, I will say this: they do have some good players. Um, you know, you look at da- Davian Mitchell, uh, Jared Butler, uh, Mako Teague. These are all good good players. Uh, Matthew Mayer, these are good players, 
that and you know watching the games they seem to have some chemistry out there but they just they seem to lose it on the defensive side of the ball a little bit they get some good rebounds but besides that it's nothing spectacular um a lot of turnovers it seems from this Baylor team if you if you watch if you've seen the games uh they it's not not clean basketball like you see from the likes of Gonzaga which is uh the only un, undefeated team remaining um, as of right now, you know, we're ta- at right now at the time of this recording, the second team Michigan is playing. So we'll see what happens, you know, if they lose, what will happen to them? Will they drop back and be able to move up? That'll be definitely something to talk about in our other episode. But I mean, I never thought they had a good team from the start. Um, I like you, like you said, Dave, I give them credit. It's a very tough big 12 division. They've got a lot of good teams in there. Even going down to Texas tech is still a good team, a tough team to play, yeah. but uh, overall, I don't see them going too far. Uh, maybe they win one or two games, but besides that, I'm seeing nothing, especially after a team that, as of late, they've had that close win against Iowa State. The loss to Kansas, which, uh, you know, that is definitely not something that they want to have happen. And then now an overtime win, they're not exactly blowing teams out of the water. And when it comes to the Big 12 excuse me, the NCAA tournament, and I guess more specifically the Big 12, uh, it's not going to be easy to get those, you know, close game wins when you you don't know what happens. So we'll see what happens. I don't think that they're going to go anywhere far. I think this is an out early year for Baylor. All right, going into the NHL, the National Hockey League, we've seen, you know, now we're getting to the thick of the season here. We've seen what's been happening. Uh, We talked about a couple episodes ago, Sabres are not doing well. But uh, we're talking about the North Division right now and kind of all divisions. Right now, it's we've got a good North Division. We've got you know the Maple Leafs, the Oilers, the Jets, all in the Canada, all in Canada. Um, is this the best division in the league? Is this the best you know out of all the the East, the the West, the the uh, the Central Division? Is the North the best? I mean, they've got a lot of good players. What do you think, Andrew? Um, yeah, I don't think that the North Division is the best in the NHL right now. I believe that the East is. Um, they are loaded with a bunch of good teams, including, you know, the Capitals, Bruins, Penguins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, besides the Sabres, but that's a different topic. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think the East is definitely uh, – I, I think they're definitely better than the North Division. And, uh, yeah. Mm. Hmm. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't disagree with you there. The, the East definitely has some – some really good team to talk about the Capitals a couple years ago were champions. Bruins were playing in the, the Stanley Cup finals just recently. Islanders have been a good team once Barry Trust got there. So I agree with you. You have a good division there. Dave, what do you think? Now, you you loyal listeners know I'm not the biggest hockey guy. But <laughs> I, I do occasionally watch it from time to time. But I'm going to have to agree. I Although, obviously, any division in a pro sports league is going to be tough no matter what. I, I, I just think the East is too loaded. I, th- I think the Capitals, Bruins, Islanders, Flyers, you can name all these teams that have all these stars and all these, these, I, I think it's a very, um, very defensive side of the league. In my opinion, I don't, that's just what my understanding, but when it comes to, uh, when it comes to just toughness and overall skill and, teamwork and all that stuff combined i'm gonna go with the east i i don't think i'll i'll give credit to the north 
Canadian division. I, I, it's still, it's still tough. Uh, they still have tons of talent. McDavid, uh, obviously the ones that stands out stands out the most. But I'm, I'm gonna have to stick with the East. Hmm, I completely disagree with you guys there. The North is, I think, clearly the best. I mean, I mean, this is a division that, as you point out, they've got Connor McDavid, who is undoubtedly the number one player in the league right now. Austin Matthews, who, you know, the last couple of years he's been a top five player this series. He's been even, even you know, top three you can make the argument for. That Matthews-McDavid rival rivalry, as we've seen, you know, as these North teams are playing each other more and as these teams are really just playing – their own divisions people we see that the oilers and leafs rivalry is is good is good now the leafs are atop the north right now uh, they are a full eight points ahead of the oilers but that that's nothing when it's, you know hockey you get a couple of wins and all of a sudden you know you're up a couple of places as i pointed out a couple of episodes ago i i think i made a prediction about the minnesota wild all of a sudden they won six in a row now they're third in the west so we see all it can be a couple of wins in a row and your team jumps up just like that i think that the mcdavid matthews rivalry is really strong it's really good between two energetic young fast players who bring a spark to the game i think the nhl needs more players like that and especially that going against each other is really strong plus the other players on those teams can't be overlooked you know mitch marner on the leafs uh you know the goalies over there freddie anderson he's a good goalie uh, obviously, we've talked about the Oilers' goal tenure is not the strongest, but Leanne Dreisaitl is another league leader in goals. Um, so they've got a lot of star power on both those sides, and including the other games, the other teams in that division. you got the Jets, which, who we've discussed, the Canadians, who can't be under underappreciated here. The Flames have got talent. The Canucks are young. The Ottawa Senators are not good, but... Uh, you know, it's a good division, and I think 100% is the best. And I, I think the NHL might want to look deeper into keeping some of these divisions together just because of, you know, with how much they've been playing each other this year in these interdivision games. It might be, you know, more fun, I guess, for fans to go and see, you know, a team rivalry, which we don't see much anymore where two teams really hate each other. We don't see that much anymore. So I think this might be something for the NHL to look into in the future. But I definitely think this North Division is the best. All right. We have quickly moved into the bold predictions of the episode, the end of episode 20 here. So, uh, Andrew, what is your bold prediction for episode 20? All right. Uh, this is kind of a sensitive one, but a lot of people, well, a lot of people are agreeing on this. But I, I think Deshaun Watson will finally find his way out of Houston. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure where he's going to go, but. Uh, he's been asking for uh, his release for a while, and they haven't given it to him. Um, so I I hope that Deshaun Watson gets released, and I'm not 100% sure that he will, but that is my bold prediction. Hmm. I mean, we, we have talked about it, you know, at length before. Will Deshaun Watson go somewhere? Where might he go? Um, it, it doesn't look right now like the Texans are ready to get rid of him. But I like, you know, it, it, it's definitely bold as of right now that he'd be released because right now it's looking like nothing will happen. Um, Deshaun has, you know, said he's willing to take, you know, lots of money and fines to not play for the Texans. So he obviously doesn't like it there. We'll see what happens coming down the stretch. And, uh, and you guys can be sure that we'll let you know what happens if something springs up with the Deshaun Watson trade rumors. All right, Dave, what is your bold prediction? All right, my favorite segment of the podcast, bold predictions. This one, this one's a wild one this week. I'm going to go, mm. okay, 
Next year, 2022. Can't believe it's 2022 almost already. Mm. Kawhi Leonard will leave Los Angeles. He'll leave the Clippers. He's not going back. Mm. They're not signing. He's going to go back to what he started in Toronto. I just wow. I think it makes the most sense. If there wasn't a team that was going to sign him, if, if no, excuse me, if L.A. wasn't going to sign him, I know a team that will, and that's Toronto. I know I know he loves Toronto. He loves the fans. He's got to. And if it, it just makes sense to me somehow. I, I think they can be instant title contenders again, if considering they keep, you know, Van Vliet, Siakam. They might they might mm-hmm. not keep Siakam, but uh if just the just the addition of Kawhi just shows you even in the year they won it, even the addition of Kawhi just, just shows how, how good a team can get with only one superstar. I, I, it's it's very bold. It's probably not going to happen. I'm probably going to be looking back on this when he signs back with the Clippers for another five years, super max. But it's still, it's you know, it's fun to think about, and I, I really hope he goes back to and t- Toronto and finishes what he started. Yeah, it definitely is a fun uh, idea to entertain. Uh, we we've seen, you know, players resign with the same team, you know, to get that money. Uh, but obviously, he had something good going in Toronto. Uh, he was became that was when he really sprang up to be you know in that consideration for a top three player in the He's league a fun right guy. now. Yeah, um, so he might go back. To, I don't know if that might happen, but like you said, it's definitely something to entertain. I'm going with the NFL here in my take. Uh, I think that Arizona, after making the JJ Watt move, is going to sign free agent wide receiver Allen Robinson. Like I said, I had you know something in the works about Arizona. Uh, I think that they they get that you know second receiver behind DeAndre Hopkins, who's, you know, one of the best in the league. And Robinson, who really can be a team number one, is going to get into a really good spot where he can be a wide receiver too and just crush defensive backs who aren't ready for a player of his caliber because the good defensive backs are covering DeAndre Hopkins. So depending on if Larry Fitz comes back for another year, we'll see what happens there. Uh, If he comes back, then that's, you know, good. He's still a good receiver, even though he's getting old. Uh, They've got some other good depth on there. I, I can see Arizona drafting, you know, maybe some defensive help in this draft, not necessarily on the offense, but signing Allen Robinson makes a lot of sense for Arizona. It would give them probably the best wide receiving corps in the league, up there with the likes of, uh, you know, Atlanta, who have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, or even, you know, some people say the Seahawks with DK and, and Tyler Lockett. I think this would spring Arizona right up, having DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson, two legitimate players who could be number one wide receivers on any team on the same team is going could be dangerous and having Kyler Murray throwing to them and also being able to run all that stuff it would just make their offense even more dangerous so I have Allen Robinson signing with Arizona giving them probably the best wide receiving corps in the league uh, and I think that could give them a lot of damage to do and as we've talked about a loaded loaded uh, NFC West all right, with the end of Bull Predictions, that ends episode 20. Uh, good to have uh, Andrew on. Good to finish here. If you guys stick with us, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, um, if you guys want more after the buzzer, you know where to find us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any streaming services. Um, make sure to go check out our last episode, our interview with Coach James Fort. Really great discussions we had. 
um, with him about baseball and business and all that stuff. So make sure you go check out our latest episode um, before this one. If you want to talk to us, like we've said, you can email us at afterthebuzzer22 at gmail.com, uh, DM us on Instagram at afterthebuzzerpod, or follow us on TikTok at TikTok. afterthebuzzerpod. Yep. Uh, uh, Andrew, again, thanks for coming on. We enjoyed Thank having you on. Yeah, uh, and like I said, our new segment talking about local sports. Uh, we're going to be looking to bring us back. So if you're a if you're a you know a local Grand Island athlete, you wanna you're playing right now. You want to talk about you know how your team's doing, how your season's going. You can let us know you know at the email at the at the Instagram. Let us know if you want to come on. Uh, but with that, we end episode twenty. Uh, see ya. Thank <music> you.